This program is for educational purposes. It fits within YouTube's guidelines under the context of science. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I discuss a raw powder manufacturer from China that is being prosecuted by the United States. Could this change the UGL market? After that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. If you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below with your questions, plus comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us up in the algorithm. This week, a viewer is concerned about the mental side effects of trend, adjusting your aromasin dose when you go back down to TRT. Does growth hormone increase strength? Getting in all of your food while at work. Should a female use a serum or an AI? Did trend change the look of bodybuilding? plus Winstrel for older guys. All of that and a bunch more. Listen, if you are new here, then I highly encourage you to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week, tons of education and entertainment to help you be better at the sport that we love. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK to help support our programming, plus you'll get a discount, uh, high-quality, third-party-tested health and performance supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca for blowout deals on top-name supplements. If you're in the uh, UK, head over to Eval. Get your blood work done by Dave. David, how's it going? Hello. Dave's uh, in an odd mood today. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm going to prepare you guys right now. Uh, well, we, someone on the YouTube will tell you I'm high. I'm off my you, tips or something. Do you remember him? <laughs> Spice. I hear Spice is very popular over there in oh. the UK. I've, I've never, ever had Spice. And to be honest, from what I've seen of what it does to people, I never want Spice. No, That's a no. Spice, control. bath salts. If you're doing those things, guys, you've made some poor decisions in life and it's time to rethink things. Uh, on that note... Uh, today- Hang on. So we, 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 we do a program talking about people shoving oil that they have no idea what it is in their ass in an attempt to make themselves bigger and you're criticizing someone for taking bath salts it's different man it's really different that's all i gotta say our programming okay. today we have a we have a bunch of stuff planned for you of course we have all of your listener questions that we're going to cover if dave doesn't want to answer them that's okay i'll i'll take over uh and christmas cabbage is back ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show christmas cabbage and Thank you. I haven't got to say this in a while, Dave, but we have steroids in the news. Yes, you like the, the music. So here's the story, man. Um, you and I are kind of chatting before the show. We've kind of the word on the grapevine is that uh, a lot of sources are. Uh, increasing their prices. A lot of places are saying that they're having more of a difficulty obtaining raw powders. Uh, I found this story interesting. This relates. This is a gentleman. uh, He's 68 years old. He's from Wuhan, China, I believe. Uh, And I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dave won't help me. It's C-H-U-E-N. Is that Chun? Chun Fat Yip. How about that? And this guy is uh, the owner of a manufacturing company called the YC Group. I'm sure you guys have probably gotten plenty of emails saying like, hey, we have all sorts of raw powders and stuff. Well, this, I think, is one of those guys because he was responsible, they say, allegedly, of bringing like $55 billion worth of anabolic steroids and fentanyl precursors into the United States over the last five years. That's a lot of freaking raw powders. It was like two hundred and eighty-eight billion worldwide, I believe. Billion? I thought you said million when we were talking earlier. B, billion. B with a B. Billion. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> the, Fuck in hell, that's a shitload. <laughs> here's what's interesting about this too, is that so uh, the, the US is prosecuting him. The District of Texas has filed federal charges against, uh, as they say, one of the world's largest alleged 
anabolic steroid producers. So, so how does that work? Because there is obviously no jurisdiction from the States to China. So yeah. if he doesn't leave China, is he, that's it, you're fine, I don't have to do anything? Yeah, I don't know how that works. But this, this has been going back for five years now. Um, they've, what do they say? Uh, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office obtained a seizure warrant for more than 49.1 Bitcoin, currently worth approximately $2.3 million from a crypto wallet that traced back to Yip. So they're, they're, they're trying to hurt him. If he's yeah, so bringing in 80, 280 billion, I don't think 2.3 million is going to be too missed by him. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, relative. I mean, obviously for us, it's a huge amount of money. But if you're talking in the billions, then obviously a couple of million ain't fuck all. It's loose change at the bottom of your jean pocket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what does this I mean? I mean, I, I don't know if this. Well, oh, I was just going to ask you, what does this well, mean to 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 the the market? I honestly don't see. We've been in this position a couple of times, so. China got a load of shit, what was it, 12, 18, two year ago, uh, 18 months, two year ago, over the expectation of raw powders, and they all panicked, they changed the law in China so that the following January, it was going to be illegal, uh, and uh, there was a number of suppliers of raws that stopped supplying, whether they were the actual manufacturers of raws, or they were just, because I don't know if people realise, but the Chinese when it comes to this sort of stuff are a bit odd in that you'll speak to somebody who will be claiming to be a supplier of raw powders. And actually it'll just be a guy at home with a mobile phone who will know somebody else who knows somebody else who's selling the raw and they end up acting like agents. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of that goes on with all manner of products and, and, and devices. Um, so, you never really know when you're speaking to someone from a supply point of view if they actually work for the factory that manufactures the raw or they're one of these agents. Yeah. But so there were a few definitely that said uh, there was definitely a little bit of a backlash and, and a few suppliers did say they were ceasing supplying steroids. But like I said, they may have just been agents. They may not have been actual manufacturers. Yeah. Now, China is the biggest manufacturer of raw hormone powder in the world anyway. They do it legitimately. It was just that previously they would sell that to any fucker, whether they had a license to have it or not. Uh, and effectively, they turn around and went, you can't do that unless they present a proper license to say that they're allowed to have these drugs. There, there was linked with that some issue that they were saying that uh, it was tied in with a drive to reduce emissions from the factories. Yeah. Um, and we were expecting a huge glut, and and, and the, sorry, we, you know, we were expecting there to be a real bad raw shortage, and it never really materialised. There were a, a few hiccups and a few labs struggled for a month or so, but in general, it all seemed to just play out and business carried on as normal. Yeah. So we've seen this a few times where we've had changes in legislation or or pressure from outside countries upon China to try and clean this side of things up, and it it's actually never actually created a problem long-term. There's been a couple of short-term hiccups and then it's been done with. Now, I'm hearing that a few labs at the moment have had some problems with various roles. It doesn't seem to be specific to one. Uh, originally, I think it was Mast and Primo they were struggling with, but then I've since heard a few that are struggling to get over the nth, test nth. Hmm. Um, and it seems to be so whether that's tied into this or not I don't know I've heard the same thing I can't see yeah I can't see the US being able to successfully prosecute a Chinese national unless he comes out of the country yeah yeah and and he has we are, he has at we times. are talking very large numbers here yeah, he was seen at a, I guess he came to a U.S. trade show in 2018, I believe it was. Don't quote me on the date. Uh, and him and his uh, his assistants were setting up deals for, I, I can't remember the number of kilos, but I believe it was in the triple digits. 
And they also were expressing to their clients that they understood this was illegal and that they were kind of trying to help them get products into the country, um, knowing that Border Patrol was going to try to stop them. I guess that they were trying to mask it in various products like food products and stuff like that. So very, you know. very, very commonly comes across as um, makeup or baby formulas. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if, I mean, I, I'm assuming that this, this guy's manufacturing plant isn't just there to supply illicit steroid manufacturer and they actually produce a lot of this product legitimately. I would imagine. They, yeah. Cause that's the way it generally tapped, is, right? Yeah. And they've just tapped into the black market as well. If. If this becomes a situation where the America successfully prosecutes a Chinese national from within China for the fact that they are supplying the U.S. with illegal drugs, then this would potentially have huge impacts on the supply chains. Absolutely. Because up to this point, they've been very safe in the fact that they might lose the drugs they've sent, but that's all they're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And and the cost to them regards to manufacturing a few kilos of raw powder is pence. I mean, it really is. It's nothing to what they're paid for. And up until this, um, the potential risk was very low, too. Like you said, worst case, yeah. you might lose the product. But to them, I mean, the product is they can just pump out more quick. You know, it's I, I would say it's interesting yeah. that with China, it's always been that if you you know, cut one head off the dragon, two more appear elsewhere. I don't see China being shut down, you know, and even if it were, then somewhere there may be a dip in the market for a while and prices would go even higher, but somebody else would pick up the slack, be it India, you know, for instance, or I've heard of places in South America that are producing. They aren't on the volume of China, but I would imagine that they would, they would have the ability to pick up. That said, I think that the key being here that, like you said, too, they're, they're, these are not operations that are just strictly manufacturing these things for illegal black market purposes. They're legitimate companies that are doing this kind of on the side. I think what you probably find the worst case scenarios would be that Chinese operatives would be reluctant to deal with American supply. I could see that. Sure. So I think it may be just a case of look, America's just too much of a pain in the ass to try and get products into yeah. Um, so I could see that. I, I don't think it's going to have any direct impact in China itself. But then, I mean, if though the the thing is with these numbers as well, you know, when they quote stuff like two hundred eighty-eight billion, is that is that that guy's illicit powder manufacturer? Is that that guy's total powder manufacturer? You know, where does that figure come from? How or is that, is that what they figure that translates into if, if we're like a finished raw product? Yeah. yeah. Or finished product. So it, it's If that figure's anywhere near accurate, then you know, the gentleman they're dealing with is is no small fish in, yeah. in, in anyone's financial calendar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's a a heavy hitter when it comes to industry, you know commerce. All right. Well, listen, let's move on from this. I will be interested, like you said, to see what happens. Guys, we've got a bunch of your listener questions. By the way, uh, if you haven't subscribed to our content, then I highly suggest you do because we have some other programs that are on the channel that are really good. So don't judge our programming based off of this shit. Off of this. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Scott. That was great. <laughs> Oh, this is a great comment we got last week. I really liked this. Uh, I nearly forgot to take my shot today until I started watching this. I love that these are on Mondays. So Gareth takes his shot on Mondays. Uh, shout out to you, brother. Once again, in case this as this will come out on Monday, uh, Gareth, don't forget to take your shot today. Take your shot. Yes. <laughs> so everybody who's due on a Monday shot, go do your shot now. Yes. Wait till after the show, unless you can multitask. Um, Vince says, great video. I have a question. Over the years, I have used Tren E many times and never had the anxiety or any of the usual sides. But last year, I ran 900 milligrams and 600 milligrams. And both times, I had horrible heartburn and severe anxiety slash panic attacks, chest pain. 
So do you think that the sides are because I have used Trend many times and my body has had enough or is it just because I'm getting older? Dude, 900 Trend, Dave. I know we discussed your previous high doses, but dude, that's a lot of fucking Trend, man. Right, that is a lot of Trend. Um, there are many factors that play into anxiety, as, as we all know. Um, but I would, all things being equal, I would suggest that it is accumulation uh, and that you are just at the point now where you will not tolerate trend anymore at all. It's not an age factor as such. It, it's more the fact that you have used it and each time you've used it, you've created a little bit of damage and that's built up over time. And now you've got to the point where your brain can't cope with it. You know, I'd also throw throw it out there too just like what what else is going on in his life you know we look at yeah, I mean, as being yeah. enhancers so if you already were say under stress with a new job or relationship issues and i could imagine your run with trend isn't going to be as copacetic you know you know all my stress is actually sat there next to me on the screen i'm sorry is it that way it's that way in it? yeah there, there that's all my stress there yeah yeah that's not the direction of your wife. She sits on the other side of you. No, that's the direction of you. Oh. <laughs> I like this comment. Dave and Christmas Cabbage, Beauty and the Beast. Don't go Christmas Cabbage and Beast, you nasty bastard. <laughs> oh, cabbages. He's happy to see the, the cabbage. Man. Matt was the first one to notice that the cabbage was back. We didn't really draw much attention to it, but let's see. We've got another question here. Uh... Someone, someone sent me a picture of a tomato the other day. Um, similar ill to Christmas cabbage, but a tomato. Really? Huh. <laughs> yeah. You should check his blood pressure. It might still be a cabbage. With yeah, it might just be on trend. <laughs> yes. Uh, awesome show question. 12.5 milligrams aromasin daily has been a good dose while running test at 525 milligrams per week. My estradiol numbers are within range. What would be a good starting dose when I drop down to 200 milligrams per week for TRT? I used to use Arimidex at one milligram per week on my TRT of 200 milligrams. I feel aromasin is healthier for me. I'm just not sure how much I may need as a starting dose and if there is a best time to take it in relation to my shot. Like I times. have a question which I don't think we're going to have an answer to is, is he splitting his TRT shot? Is it two shots of 100 or is it a single shot two? Mm. I would be tempted to go two shots of 100, 12.5 megaromas in each shot. Boom. I would do the exact same thing if he needs it, right? At 200 milligrams, do you necessarily yeah. need yeah. an AI? Um, yeah, some people do. And the other thing is I would give it a break of a couple of weeks post-cycle before starting the TRT. Just like stop all injections, let your levels come down? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to ride it. I mean, you'll ride escalated, still seeing the influence of the cycle for six, maybe even seven, eight weeks. I, I hear you. Um, I hear you. And obviously, you're, you're taking estrogen management based on your dosage, not actually based on your levels at that point. So you could find that the first few weeks you have some estrogen issues. Yeah. So I would stop, stop, let things settle, then restart with TRT, and and then restart. And and four six weeks into your TRT, just test your levels, see where you are, and adjust if necessary. I like that. That's a good place to be. Um, guess we answered another question for S ninety five. He says, "Thanks for answering my question, guys. I had another question for the next podcast. I have heard on other podcasts that GH does not increase strength." I'm just curious why it does not increase strength since it builds muscle. By the way, I am just a natty gym bro. Uh, just like to learn about PEDs. It's cool, man. We've got a bunch of people that don't use gear that watch the show. So shout out to shout out to the natties. Are they allowed? Really? They're allowed, Dave. They have every right to watch this program. All right. Yeah, but they're dirty. Dirty? Dirty natties. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um well GH doesn't cause muscle growth, so there you go. That's that question. Mm, I would argue that one, man. It's not gonna cause muscle uh, growth like 
uh, anabolic, okay, like, a, like some D ball will. Let, let, let me put it this way GH has a couple of effects, very much depending on your timing. Um, it is an effective fat burner and will be more so lean towards that if taken AM fasted. Uh, it is an effective recovery agent and again would lean more towards that if you took it PM. Um, it doesn't have a direct action in the same way as an anabolic does in regards to muscle growth. So whereas you take an anabolic and you see this direct action at the receptor in the tissue causing an increase in muscle growth, GH doesn't do that. It's more of a complementary factor that aids recovery. The problem is with most people, if they take GH to improve recovery, they don't actually adjust training frequency to exploit that. I don't think so you, you need train, to. Though. Well, I don't know. If you're training a five, if you're training a, a typical bro split, right, um, and and you're recovering fine, then what? what there's not going to be a huge impact. You you will get more out of growth by increasing your frequency. So if you start growth, then you will. If you just start growth in. Because you're not getting it to work to its best of its potential. You're already recovering before your next session. You can't recover more. So what you then need to do is that recovery time is going to shorten. So therefore, you can train more frequently and exploit that to grow faster. We Yeah, we had talked about this before. My perspective is, I think, a little bit different because I do feel that most of us are not recovering optimally that that for most people at least people that are training hard probably people everybody who's watching this show everybody who loves the gym that there's some level of improvement that we could have in our recovery uh, that said i do think you know it, what you're talking about i think it's worth considering for sure and you know what i feel like increasing in, in, training as frequently as you can recover from I think is going to be anybody's best bet to grow as much muscle as possible. Because if you train everything once a week, then, you know, you're trying to grow your legs. That's 52 times per year that you had the opportunity to grow your legs versus if you train them twice a week, that's, you know, a hundred plus opportunities to grow your legs. Key is, is can you recover from it? So I think you make a, you know, it makes sense, but I don't think we're all, I don't think that we're generally all getting, optimal recovery and i think it's on a spectrum too <clears throat> granted there are this is a massive sliding scale with huge differently influential factors um and and yeah people people may see benefit because they aren't optimally recovering at this current time um i suppose that comes down to how well programmed the individual is to start in the first place true True. I mean, it is a difficult one. I mean, you know, at what point are you fully recovered? Do you take the lack of muscle soreness as being fully recovered? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's 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 a factor, but it's definitely not the only factor. Yeah. Do you know what what do you use as your markers for full recovery? I mean, that that's a, that's a question in its own right. Yeah. I, I work with a guy who recently uh, ran out of growth, and he was like, you know, I'm just going to stop using it because I. I don't really see the benefits. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's it's something that is kind of hard to tell, like how beneficial is your, your growth hormone. And like I said to him, it really is, as far as the things that we use in bodybuilding, I would say that's one of the biggest luxuries. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as well, like with that individual, it is sometimes only when you withdraw it that mm. you actually see what it was helping with. I could I could see that for sure. Because for sure. We, we tend to sense that negative impact much more than we'd sense the, the gradual positive impacts we'd get from it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, questions, questions, guys. If you want to ask questions on the next episode, feel free to comment on the feed. Let's see. Question. Love you guys. Thank you for posting frequently. Just got a job, Scott. Cool. Congrats. My question. Uh, ideas for getting enough food in while working as a plumber. Should I combine two meals together for lunch? 
Yeah, I mean, these are difficult things to to work around. I mean, at the end of the day, for most people involved in in this sort of stuff, it's not a living. Yeah, it, it may it may complement their income. Um, they may make some money out of it. They may make a lot of money out of it as a coach, but they're not particularly earning a living off their physique as indirectly as a competitive bodybuilder. Um, or a stripper. And trying to get through... Oh, stripper, yeah. That's what, yeah. Or is that a lost fantasy for you? Actually, I think I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get back in shape. That'll be my goal for 2022 and start stripping. I'm sure you'd do very well stripping doors and tables and stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of wood in your local area that needs a paint taken off it. <laughs> Because the other just scares me to fucking death. There's um, two directions you could have gone with that. The other direction was to make gay jokes. I'm no, proud I, of you, Dave. Why, why, would I, why would I do that? I'm proud of you, Dave, for go, taking the high road on that one. No self-respecting gay would fancy you, so why would I even go there? <laughs> no self-respecting animal would fancy Scott. Come on. Sorry uh, to the future Mrs. Scott on that one. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, where was I? I forgot where I was. Oh, yes. So trying to get meals in around a job can be particularly difficult. Is combining ideal? No, but it's definitely better than not at the end of the day. You know, I mean, if you if you, rather combine two meals and eat that than miss meals. Yeah. I'd make an incredible stripper. There is, there is <laughs> fat fetish, and I fulfill that role very, very well. Um. But yeah, so it is a problem. You can look at to move towards liquids a little bit, yep. but just be careful you don't become over reliant. It's very easy to get lazy with food, particularly when you're busy. Yeah, um, and, and particularly if you've got a busy job, it, it is very easy to get lazy with food. Uh, and the, the introduction of liquids will help um, if you find yourself going solid in the morning, three liquids during the day, solid in the evening. That's a slippy slope you don't want to be going down. You still want to try and squeeze in as many solid meals as you can. But you've just got to get it in where you can get it in. Agreed. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that might be stupid stuff like wandering on the job with a chicken breast in your hand, eating it as you go because it's all you can do. So things like rice cakes, pit of wraps, um, you know, tortilla wraps, pit of breads, they come in handy when you're struggling to actually sit and have a meal because they're more hand food. So you can be driving somewhere on like a plumber, driving to the next job, sat there munching on whatever meal you're supposed to be eating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, it does get difficult. Uh, and if, if that's the only way you can get the calories in, then, then that's what you have to do. I'm with you. I think I think the number one thing with any job is being creative. You know, actually the number one I'd say as a coach, you know, and, and just, you know, like, well, I know you, you have a lot of stuff going on, Dave. You've also got eval and everything else. But, you know, I'm dealing with people as you are all day long trying to problem solve logistical issues. I think that logistics are one of the biggest biggest things that hold people back, especially people who are newer. Like my guys who have been doing this for five years, they're like in a groove. They change a job and they're like, I just make it work, you know, but sometimes you do have to adjust. And I think that the key is with life when when we have logistic issues is we do have to think creatively. Like, how long does it really take to drink a shake? You know what I mean? Say like he gets like it's funny. I work with a plumber who literally just moved. And last night we reformatted his diet and now he gets to eat before lunch. Then he gets a first break. Then he gets his lunch break. Then no break until he gets off. But he can't. He can't have food with him on the job during that period. So we're going to do like a protein bar. It's not ideal. You know what I mean? It's not ideal, but that's sometimes that's what you have to do. And we're in the off season. So it's like we can make this work. But you the, the key is, is to keep keep eating. Like you said, you know, like you got to get your food in. And I, I would rather try to spread it out a little bit than do like everything at lunch. You know what I mean? I'd rather do that than double mm, up, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. No, I would as well. I mean, obviously, if if there's no alternative, there's no alternative. But I, I would do as well. Um, I remember once having a job where I wasn't allowed food on the floor. Yeah. So I used to go in in the morning and put a food snack box um, in in the toilets. 
and then I'd literally just go sit on the shitter, eat my food, <laughs> hide the box away again, and then come back out. <laughs> you're telling me, Dave, you're big, you're a bigger fella, Dave. You think that they that didn't was a expect? Very polite way of saying you're a fat fuck. You think they didn't expect you to be sneaking food on the job? They they knew what was going on. I mean, I wasn't this size back then. I was a lot smaller, but uh, I was actually quite good. The condition actually it was a very physical job. Yeah, what job was that? Was that when you were uh, breaking rocks at one point? Well, it was pretty close to that. I was working in artificial stone. Yeah, I used to do wet cast. Oh god, yeah, that sounds wet heavy as hell. Beams. That sounds heavy. We. We used to shovel, we shoveled about 40, 50 tonne of sand and gravel a week, two of us. Yeah. That's pretty much all you did all day long, filling buckets with sand and gravel with shovels. Doug noticed my uh, my background. You don't notice my blue light, do you? Victoria gave that to me for Christmas. Oh, so this is your way of trying to get a compliment out of it by bringing... Vicky in so that I won't insult it. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> All right. We got more questions that's, here. That, that's low, Scott. That, that's really low. Ooh, female question. Questions, a uh, question. An AI or a serum, a selective estrogen receptor modulator like tamoxifen for a female figure competitor who is estrogen sensitive, which is better uh, both for overall appearance, dryness, hardness, as well as health. I got a few things on this one. David? Tamox is less health impacting. Uh, but obviously, I mean, females are supposed to have estrogen in the same way as we're supposed to have testosterone. Yeah. You know, so let's let's spin this. As a male, would you take a medication that's going to... How would you feel on a medication that destroyed your testosterone levels? Not good at all. So you're going to have a similar effect with a female. Granted, they will potentially be on other anabolics, so as a result, there will be some offset there. But lowering a female's estrogen, low, low, it's a rough ride. It's not good for them from a health point of view in the slightest. But it does... Get rid of the water. There's no denying that. You know, it, it does dry them out. Um, but also being lean. I mean, it also depends on where are you with this. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really look at using an AI on on anyone below any softer classes than probably physique. To be honest, no figure I might consider it. I don't know. And it depends what they're using, right? Mm. Yeah, I. But, uh, I would say when they say appearance as well as health, we have to remember that when we're talking about competitive bodybuilding, you know, we, we are trying to, you know, what would the term be? We are trying to minimize issues, but at the same time, uh, the better you, the better, the harder you push, the further you're getting away from health. You know what I mean? So there is that. There's, there's, there, there is. Let's let's be straight about. It. If we're talking physique, as in, you know, like bodybuilding, bodybuilding. Yeah. Then there, there is nothing healthy about being stood on stage. Nothing. Yeah, unless you have really great genetics and you're just like really jacked and can get lean and you don't have to take a lot of shit. Like that's your best bet, really. You know what I mean? That's really is your best. Yeah, but I mean, even even at that point, to be that low body fat, to be that dehydrated, to be in that position, so you're hard and dry, yeah, is unhealthy by definition. You know, it it goes against what our bodies need. You know what's crazy? Uh, Victoria, she works with a lot of high level athletes. Um, Because I'm going to talk a little bit specific about stuff. I don't want to say names, but we like people that you guys all know. And she said. What she's seeing is the women who are like the extreme genetic elite still like they have no problem recovering. Like they have ovulatory cycles while they're pushing like they, they yeah. these women are designed for this, basically, you know, the, but the harder mm-hmm. you have to push to keep up with them, the more you have to take, then the more you compromise with your health. That said, and therefore uh, compromise your performance because health is tied directly to performance without that. Yeah. Uh yeah, long term, long term. You might be able to like look great for this show, right? You mm-hmm. know, 
But I, I was going to say tamoxifen would be my go-to, you know, assuming that a figure girl isn't running a bunch of crazy aromatizing compounds. Like if figure girl's not on test, I would say the number one direction I would go in this department because we know like, you know, tamoxifen, Novadex, it reacts or it, it, it affects a female's body way different than it does the males, you know? It does. Yeah, it does. Very it's, much so. It's like that's figure used to be my favorite division to work with. And it seems like girls aren't doing figure like they used to. So now I, most of the girls I work with are bikini. Uh, and we don't use any of that shit for them. Paige. I was a stripper for many years and had to eat my food in the bathroom. It was gross, but she did it. See? What else do I'm not that unusual. Back when you were a stripper, Dave. Love you never seem very organized today, Scott. What are you talking about? I'm on top of shit. Met Foreman for a long time. What do you mean? I'm popping them up. Honestly, one after the next, after the next. You seem to be looking for them. And they're right here, Dave. I'm looking right at them. I got a list. I'm pulling the next one. Watch. All right. Keep Here's, your knickers on. Jesus. Watch. Sorry. Watch. Wow. Watch. I'm going to show you. Here's Get the next you. one. Watch. 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 Here's the next one. No, got them all. I don't want that. I don't want that one. <laughs> I'm not answering Matt's anyway. We can sort off. Um, Met Foreman for longevity. I don't. <clears throat> I honestly don't know. I, I don't know enough about it in that topic to be able to answer that question, I'm afraid. So I'll have to leave that one to you. All right. Here's what I know. Uh, it is very popular with the rejuvenation people nowadays. This isn't like the TRT clinics that call themselves rejuvenation. This is like the true rejuvenation people. And the reason they like metformin is because it lowers your IGF levels. And IGF levels are basically directly relinked to aging and dying faster. What do we want in bodybuilding, though? <laughs> nice high IGF levels. So longevity, sure, that's great. But are you, do you want to do bodybuilding or do you want to do longevity? And usually the answer is somewhere, you know, in the middle of that would be my thought. So I'd stay away. Is that good enough? So there you go. All right. You got another trend question. So when you say that there is nothing like trend, this is based off our last episode, or the look of trend, is the trend look, the bodybuilding look from the 90s until today, is it fair to say that guys who like the golden era bodybuilder look would be best using mostly DECA and D-ball? Uh, a little test to get the golden era look? No, I don't Next think question. It, it's, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't think the look of a bodybuilder today is a trend look. Um, I think that the, the look of a bodybuilder today, bodybuilding goes through phases and fashions. It goes through fashions with drug use. It goes through fashions with medications. It goes through fashions with physically how they look. So the older guys that we would label the golden era were softer, they were smoother, but that was the look then. And then as time's gone on, in a way to present something different, bodybuilders have come in bigger or they've come in harder and drier. Technology. Well, technology has definitely helped, but then also at the end of the day, a true competitive bodybuilder brings to the stage what he thinks is going to win, and that's going to be influenced by who won the year before. The the, 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 the times that that changes is when you get somebody who doesn't really give a fuck and just comes in as what they like. And that's when you suddenly see this big shift because they present a physique that's just not been seen at that level before. Yeah. And it's all new and it's got a buzz about it. Um, so though the wetter drugs to have an impact on how a physique looks, there's also achieving the look that you think is going to win the show. 
And where you see this this very evidential is in females, particularly in the amateur feds, because mm. often at an amateur level, the females don't fully represent the ideal of the class. Sometimes the winner can be the best out of a bad bunch. Males too, let's and be within fair. Within the female classes. Yes, but the difference in a male too is most of us know what a good bodybuilder looks like irrespective. Men's physique and, 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 and classic and, and some of the lower, less muscular classes, yes, there can be some confusion. But when it comes to bodybuilding, we know what a good bodybuilder looks like. Okay, yeah. But not everyone's aware of what, you know, a trained bikini, a trained figure, mm. or, or, you yeah. know, or, or whatever, what the ideal is. Yeah. And sometimes people compete in a class that doesn't suit the physique, but it's what they feel they want to achieve. That can result in in winners not being the ideal and not looking like a lot of people expect the cast look. And you see that has a massive influence on how people present for future, for, for the later shows. Because they'll say, oh, well, she won at that show and she looked like this, so that means I must come in harder or I need to come in softer. And it, it's quite often not the case. You know, it's quite often just a case of she was the best out of a bad bunch or he was the best out of a bad bunch. Um, so um, well, the way physiques have changed over the years has, has, has been driven by several factors. One, it's driven by judging, without doubt. Two, it's dri- driven by the bodybuilders themselves and previous winners. But it's also driven by the fan base. This is a business. Yeah. If the winners, if the winners are unpopular, people don't come and watch. Do you remember years and years ago when they did a random drug testing for the Olympia? 91, I think. And the standard think, was much lower. Yeah. Well, yeah. And all the sponsors kicked off and said, do that fucking again and we're not sponsoring this show anymore. Yeah, nobody liked that and they've one. Never ra- no, they've never random drug tested since. Yeah. Why? Because it was a huge financial hit. It also had a huge impact on the, the appearance of the bodybuilders on stage. So the, there are all sorts of factors that play into this. I Though, when I say a trend look, what I'm meaning is that the... When you see people that use trend day in, day out, or you see people that rely on trend as their main compound for growth, you do start to see a certain type of physique. Uh, and it does have quite unique properties when it comes to hardening and, and drying out and fullness and everything else that, that are particularly unique to trend. But it doesn't doesn't influence the physique in the sense that because you take trend, you're going to grow in a certain way. Yeah, muscular growth. Muscular growth is muscular growth. It all comes down, in my opinion, that look that he's talking about—the the nineties or excuse me, like the old school classic look. I think that has more to do with their understanding of nutrition versus our understanding of nutrition today and training improvements. It, 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 technology, you know, it truly is. I know that I've kind of ribbed Ronnie saying technology, but it is, man. We've got better technology now. People know how to get leaner and more ripped i think that even the the quote-unquote trend look like you can look great on stage and not use trend like it can be done like we talked about before i think that the type of drug you use and you know not including like wet compounds versus dry compounds but if you're using compounds for your goals i don't think it's the compound that drives the look as much as it is how you train in the nutrition you know and, and your genetics in the first place. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say drug use dry, drives the look of bodybuilding at all. I would have said it's other factors for everything from what's fashionable at that point, politics of the sport, judging, fan base, all those things come into it. And yeah, definitely education, but also if you can step on stage, being in the seventies and eighties, being. 10 pound overweight in comparison to a modern day bodybuilder and win, then why would you lose that 10 pound? To what goal? Yeah. Why suffer more than you already have to? Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, two more. We got a real quick one here. Um, What's the difference between EQ and injectable D ball if they share a similar chemical structure? Does injectable D ball act as EQ when injected, so to speak? Cheers, guys. Love the channel. Short answer, no. <laughs> it's methylated. That, 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 that it, when you methylate, 
a drug, you in this case EQ, you make the D-ball, and it's a completely it acts totally different. Then you can inject D-ball as well, but it's still the chemical structure has been altered, right? Yes, it is. It, it, it's a completely different compound. Um, it changes the characteristics massively. Yeah. Um, there is no resemblance between those two drugs whatsoever. Um, I mean, just when you look at the aromatizing factors for one. Yeah. Yeah. Before anything else, you know? All right. Last one. Tony from the live feed asks us, uh, it's not even a complete sentence. Old guy, older guys, winstrel question mark. Tony, come on, bro. Come on. You're not a kid. You can type out a full sentence. You're not. You're better than that. I'm messing with him. Sorry. Sorry, Tony. (laughs) I I can never criticize anyone who's ever received text messages of me of any major. As Scott can attest to, I cannot criticize anyone for their typing. Dave's thumbs are very big, though, because he's a giant man. So his thumb hits three different buttons at once. He can't help it. So I don't I don't hold it against him. It, 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 I think there actually should be a course in learning to decipher Dave's texts. Because <laughs> even I read it back sometimes and think, what the fuck was I trying to say then? Did you notice uh, the other day I used the word mate? No. See, I didn't know if you would or not. Because I, I said, uh, thanks, but mate. I, I, I do tend to ignore your messages. <laughs> <laughs> He's being serious, though. He really is being honest. Dave doesn't oh, yeah. follow me on Instagram. About this and so. <laughs> Dave, Dave doesn't follow me on Instagram, guys. Just to throw that out no. there. No, I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't even know he doesn't follow me till right now. There's, there's. No, oh, no, I know. I don't follow you because I don't follow any, very many people at all on it's Instagram. Too good. Um, I older. Don't really get Instagram. I have a statement slash question, Dave. Older guys, winstrel. No, I don't think you should take the winstrel off the older guys. He's old, he's grumpy, leave him with his drugs and leave him alone. I it's not my favorite compound. When when we when we specifically talk about older guys, it's a, it's going to dry your joints out, right? Yeah. I mean that is definitely a person dependent side. But all things being equal, winstrel is is anti-progesterone. Um Progesterone plays a, a very important role in the production of a natural anti-inflammatory mm. that helps maintain our joint health. So when we start to lower progesterone, uh, we start to affect that, and therefore we get the painful joints. Um, obviously, as we get older, our hormone levels decline full stop, and that's one of the reasons why we get the painful joints. Plus, there's, there's a combination of wear and tear of living a life on them as well. Um, so, um, all those factors can play into it. It's not that the compound isn't useful for someone who's older. It's just how well they can tolerate its effects. Cholesterol profile being another one, you know, another. Yeah. Any, all the DHTs and the non-aromatizing compounds tend to be a bit harsher on your cholesterol profiles than what we'd call the classic wet, uh, wet compounds. So um, that's that's worth bearing in mind as well. Um, in liver, know. it's an oral, so, you know. Well, that's standard for any oral, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. So my thought would be, like, master on long-acting, you know. I, I, I like mast with my guys who are a little bit older, using, like, a, a long-acting master on, and it's something you can just kind of throw in and cruise through your cycle with, you know, get a little bit more free test with it get that nice hardening effect, get the libido benefits. I think it's a good all-around old guy compound. Okay, let's define old. Anything over 25. No. Jesus Christ. I'd say, say, you know, if you define yourself as an older guy or you're getting there, then I think that that master it's it's also what, like what is an older guy though? I mean, where do what what point do we go right you're old? I think for bodybuilding terms and steroid use, I would say it depends on your on your experience levels, but you know, I, I but even if a guy was in his like 
early 40, I'd say 40, you know, that's probably a good place to be like, hey, you might want to start easing off on the, so, the doses. So basically what, you, what you've just said is anyone over 40 years old. Hey, I'm over 40, so I'm right in there. I'm an old guy. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. 20 is uh, 52. Well, I mean, like I said, Tony, as we've just, you know, we've explained, it, it is really down to you. And also the other thing is, why would you, why do you want to run Winstrel? Is there a particular reason why you're looking at that compound? Is that compound the right tool for what you want to achieve using some um, Broderick terminology there? Yeah. He says the right tool you want to achieve. That's, that's good. Good for he, he 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 describes he, how to select compounds as tools for a job. Yeah, yeah, I would too. So it's all about it's all about picking the right tool for the job you're trying to achieve, which I think is a very sensible way of looking at it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely is. Well, that's all we got, Dave. Which is good because this is about all the harassment I can take from one episode in one day. So you've insulted old people. You've had a go at strippers. <laughs> Whoa, Dave hung up. Dave hung up. He was that angry with me that he just kicked off. Guys, we appreciate you watching. Uh, I have no idea what happened there. We appreciate you watching. Uh, listen, if you want to comment uh, with questions for the next episode, we'd be happy to uh, take your questions. And uh, that's all I got for you. Uh, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Uh, you can get some additional savings, high-quality third-party tested supplements. We've got a bunch of people commenting now. Thanks, Tony. We appreciate having you guys. Appreciate everybody in the live feed. And appreciate everybody who's been leaving us comments for questions. You guys helped to generate everything uh, at the YouTube page. Uh, and I appreciate like just all the feedback that you guys have been giving us. Uh, of course, check out eval. If you want to get a hold of Dave and do some work with him, get your labs done. If you're in the UK, F the NHS. Just go straight to Dave. It'll be a lot easier, a lot better for you. And uh, I guess that's all I got. Oh, me too. Reach out to McNallyDiets at gmail.com if you want to hit me up for some coaching. We'll see you guys. Thanks for watching.